Welcome to the Sober Fanboy. On today's show, we have our friend Mark. Talking a little bit about sobriety and community. Oh, all right. Cool. Yeah. So how's everybody? Whoa. Just making sure this is good. How's everybody doing out there? This is John Jeremy, the Sober Fanboy. And uh, we got our uh, uh, special guest Mark up in the building. Hey, hey. Yeah. Um, I was on, I was doing some um, some Zoom thing for them. So that's how I was able to, you know, get in contact. Well, actually, I know you from Jamie. So our friend Jamie, Jamie was on the show before. Yeah, shout out Jamie. Shout out to Jamie, Fancy Pants. Um, <laughs> you can look up Jamie on, on IG, uh, Jamie Fancy Pants. I think that's, that's her handle. AF. AF. Oh, Jamie Fancy Pants AF. And she is fancy AF. <laughs> so, um, since this is your opportunity right now, how about you introduce yourself and uh, give a little background about like who you are, what you do, anything, anything you want. Hey, I'm Mark. I'm from Long Island. Uh, born and raised here. Uh, recently sober. Uh, 115 days in. Woo! Yeah! Yeah, I'm really digging, you know, having some fellowship and enjoying, you know, being healthier and learning how to live, how to really live. How to really live free. <laughs> Just That's live. it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what, what do you feel like uh, even got you into sobriety or like, because I feel like sometimes like I always tell people like, I wasn't sitting at the bar having a great time and I was like, all right guys, I gotta go. You know, it's time, I'm gonna, I decided just to go to uh, not drink anymore or find a way to not drink. So like, how, you know, how is your journey in that? Like, how do you feel? Yeah, I, I was racing through my life, you know, going hard in every different way. Uh, when I was at the gym after work, it's three hours, I'm doing the most I can never stopping right mm. after that i'm going out with friends and you know just partying too hard and my life was extreme and then covid hits this pandemic slows everything down and it finally slowed me down and i, I was able to look at myself and say wow like you know i'm miserable and i can't keep this pace up and i gotta change something or i'm gonna fuck up my whole life and so you know i was able to slow down enough to give myself a chance uh, a friend of mine had given me some 12-step meeting information and i kept it in my pocket and i just couldn't bring myself to do it and mm -hmm. so finally about a month into COVID, i'm like all right like i really need to make a change i ask a friend like hey you know what's going on in the world with COVID? and you know obviously people aren't actually meeting so what <laughs> do i do and so we were able to go to a park and meet some great people and you know i was lucky enough to know people who were sober and you know be able to see myself in them and buy into it as not just like this thing i'm signing up for or this class i'm taking but more just like a lifestyle so yeah oh definitely and it's always uh it's such a blessing that like you had people there already where sometimes a lot of us, like myself, I came in. I only had like two friends from high school that I still talk to. And one of them said they didn't have a problem. They still don't have a problem. But every time they they drank, it was like 
uh, extreme results. It's kind of extreme. Like usually you go out have a couple of drinks, but they're like getting carried up to their room, like to like go to sleep. So that's kind of extreme. And the other guy I was doing cocaine with, and like when I said, you know, I think I gotta go away to rehab or something, and he was just like. Well, I don't think you have a problem, but, you know, if you got to go, you know, you do what you got to do, bro. Like, that's the kind of, like, people I had. So I had no, like, uh, anyone that was in recovery, except for my father, who was, um, he he was clean and sober for some years, but he wasn't in any program. Like, he did it a different way, and I tried doing it his way also, but it didn't work in my life. But, you know, that's, that's awesome that you had people in there. So you said that you... Uh, like me too I get it like I said my father's like that and um, just go 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 you know if I just distract myself enough uh, I don't have there's nothing wrong because I'm just I'm accomplishing everything right I mean I uh, I remember speaking one one day um, you know and uh, someone was listening to me and he said you know like he's, he's just coming back and he said like I got two master's degrees or like four or four he said master's degrees are nothing to me I can go and I get a master's degree but I just I can't stay sober so like the fact that like accomplish, accomplishments accolades and all these things that we acquire don't really really equate to like um, not only if I'm happy or not but like is there even a problem because I'm doing all these things again like my father like houses here and there cars here and there and he his life was unmanageable so like that's a cool way to see that like you said you i'm running i'm running i'm running but like you know so it was a blessing to me too uh, you know if i remember i'll get into that but so you're you you stopped covid came shut everything down i mean how did you like what made you realize that like something was up like well i'm married and i think part of it was just me seeing how I was accountable to my husband and I wanted him to you know stay in my life he's the greatest thing that has ever happened to me and so I'm thinking right. you know I'm I'm coming up with all these excuses of where I am and what I'm doing and how I'm feeling and I'm not being my true self and I'm scared that you know honestly fear I guess brought me there was you know thinking like I don't want to be divorced I don't want to lose my career I don't want to all of these you know, low bottoms, I'm headed there and I <laughs> can avoid it right now. And I think that's really like my higher power brought me these people in my life that, you know, I can identify with and see myself living this way because I don't think I would have lived it if I just signed up and got a sponsor and, you know, followed the rules and, you know, or the suggestions. And, you know, for me, it was more, wow, like, this person had that experience that I never talk about with anyone and I never really even acknowledge for myself. And, you know, before things really crash and burn, you know, I'm crashing and burning on my own. Let me sort of preempt that evading the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. So you're able to see like right now uh, where you were heading per se. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had been using like 10 years ago and, you know, I had a traumatic experience, I stopped, and my story in my head was, oh, I kicked it without any support, I just willed it. But then I look at my life now, and I can see I gained a lot of weight, oh, yeah. and, you know, I never really went into AA thinking, like, alcoholism is my major problem. I have lots of addictions, yeah. so as I've 
gone through this program that I'm learning about how to live, I'm acknowledging like, wow, like that was a significant part of my life when things were happening in my life. Oh yeah, I happen to be drinking, you know, so weird way to come about to it. But, you know, Brene Brown describes her, her addictions as a potpourri of addiction. She's a workaholic. She's a overeater. She's codependent. She's, you know, and then of course drinking and drugs. And so like that resonates with my experience. You know, I see some of my addictions I can just cut out and I've done that before and I can do it again. But like others, it's sort of, you can't just never eat again, you know? So that's kind of the tricky part right now. Yeah, no, I have friends that are, have been in like, you know, 12 step program for many years now. And like, um, we're talking close to decades and like, you know, they go to um, all these other anonymous programs. So like we're talking about overeaters, right? They go, like, you know, we're doing the overeating. Uh, you know, I also do the coda, codependency thing and like, you know, the addiction thing. Like, and it's like you said, all that wrapped into it. Like when I came, when I first came in, when I first came back, it was 2013. That's when I've been sober since then till now. And like, that's awesome. I lost, I lost 50 pounds. I went, I went on the treadmill every every morning I went on the treadmill and I jogged and I and I gained it right back not even that I gained more let's say I lost 30 pounds but I gained 45 yeah so like you said the um the other potpourri part like she said like the other parts we don't even notice then but at that moment like it's okay because like I gotta I'm like trying to handle just the what's killing me immediately right now and that was when I drank I would do drugs and when I was doing drugs that was I could die like right now from that so that's the most urgent and yeah, it's funny because totally. now like uh, I'm getting to like where, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. Like, um, in my experience in recovery, you know, um, it's just my experience, but I found a lot of people have it. Like once it's it's just the perfect part. Like you get over that part, and then you get to the next journey. And like, I felt like I was I was ready for my next part because I was there. Drugs and alcohol, all of a sudden, they were not a problem. Like yeah. I felt like. I felt again like dying and I'm like I'm doing everything they said why is it I'll show you something after this if you want um it is like a paragraph that I read and it really worked for me it said kind of like the old things were flattening out you know right it's like it's not giving it to you anymore it's almost like the drug I don't know if you, you had that experience where like I um they call it chasing the dragon you just can't get the same totally. high yeah so like the stuff I was doing I just wasn't getting the same like feeling of like oh like you know even now like I still help people but it was a different feeling but now I'm getting that back from like my new adventure and other things but like you said it's it's a whole it's a whole other uh it's a bunch of things that get together yeah I mean being type a and an addict it looks different it's not the fall down drunk it's you know going to the extreme in a lot of ways and so sometimes that can serve me and like in my recovery I feel like it serves me because I'm able to follow rules I'm able to set goals and achieve them you know I'm able to but I'm also like I lost weight too part of that was making really strict diets and making extreme goals in the gym and and being able to achieve those which made me healthier physically but was I really, you know, in a healthy mental state, you know, as someone at the end of the day, was I happy? I wasn't. Yeah, you had everything to show. Oh, this is, this, look, I'm good. I'm doing good. 
And then on the inside, you're like, I feel like not I'm not doing good or even I feel like shit or whatever the case may be. And I've seen that in my own life, let alone my other friends' lives and people like that. I got to say, you know, it's not a race. um, And it's definitely we identify, we don't compare. But I'm speaking freely on my own podcast here and say that at 115 days, like you look you sound just amazing and like I think what you just said is probably why I thought this was I saw a video I don't know what I saw a video I don't even know when now um, but the guy was saying the difference between um, being motivated and disciplined and he said being motivated he goes he's the the name of the video was a clickbait so it's kind of like saying how I'm going to teach you to always be motivated so I clicked it and he said like to be honest, he's like, the thing with motivation is that you're always going to have to be motivated. You know, you have to get motivated to do it. He goes, discipline is different. He goes, and I think that this is what a person needs and in, in anything in life. And he says, and this is why. Motivation, you need to get motivated. Discipline is you're going to do it whether you want to or not because you said, I'm going to wake up six in the morning and jog two miles, right? Wow. Or discipline says, I'm going to do this. So discipline is exactly, to me, like compulsion. Um, a guy said once, and I loved it, he said, watch your thoughts before they become desires and watch your desires be before they become compulsions because once they become compulsions you're going to do it whether you want to or not and that was my problem obsessive compulsion so I was compulsively obsessing over things or I was going to do it I'm compulsively doing this drug or drink or whatever right Um, and I still have those issues today but I'm going to do it whether I want to or not but discipline is the same way it's like no I'm going to do this whether I want to or not do I got to read this passage and highlight well, I said I'm going to do one a day, right? Or I'm going to go to this meeting thing. Well, I said I'm going to do it. Or I'm going to help uh, run this, host this thing or do this positive thing like the Zoom. Um, well, I said I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter whether you were scared to do it or not or nervous. You did it. So that's what I'm saying. At 115 days, I think that you, just by what you're saying, sounds like you have discipline. And discipline in this goes a long way. There's people that just, we don't, we had to, we can build that discipline, but it sounds like you have discipline to me. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, and that motivation to be disciplined is like, for me, coming from really identifying with other people in my group. You know, we have a special interest group. It's uh, it's interesting because usually people get together and addiction is the one thing that everybody has in common. But in this group, we're also queer people. And so there's this other element that bonds us that helps us come together and see ourselves in each other and understand our common experience you know growing up without mirrors of who we can become and positive images you know that really changed how i saw myself and as i get sober and stay sober i can see myself with other people in different parts of my identity like i used to be a teacher and there are other teachers in this group and Mm they can sort of connect with me on how being the dictator or the ruler of a classroom can kind of be another way that our addiction and our thinking can play out, you know, and no one's there to challenge us. You know, I could get up in front of kids and talk about anything, but to talk to adults is a totally different thing. Absolute power, right? Yeah. It corrupts. And that's good, though, because like I always tell people lately, I've been discovering with that, like you were saying, um, about like loving myself or learning how to love myself or take time for myself or saying that I'm good and say, or saying I'm awesome, I'm an awesome person. Um, 
I think I said that the other day that me and Jamie were awesome and then somebody was like oh that's the ego watch out and it's kind of like uh, whether they were joking or not I'm like yeah I could see how people could actually see that as the ego but like I'm working so hard to actually say that I'm awesome and I understand that maybe someone who's a narcissist who recognizes and wants to fix that or can fix that I don't know if you know if they can have any any uh, procedures or, or, or steps to that fixing that so I, I was understand they have to watch out if they say awesome opposed to like you know if I'm like I feel well enough where I'm like yeah you know I'm awesome you know I can say that without having to worry about the ego because there is a difference between egocentric and like you know self-love in that way speaking totally yeah you gotta believe in yourself and you gotta understand that the difference between something being great and you experiencing it as great Mm. are totally different you know I was playing bocce ball with a few friends after a meeting and, you know, I just really enjoyed it. I'd never done it before. It was something super easy and we had a lot of fun together. And I said, wow, this is awesome. We should do this again. This is great. And I had another meeting, another one of those people said, oh, yeah, you know, you said this is great. And I don't think I've seen anything as great in a long time. And it was great. And just. (laughs) taking the time to say that you know really changed how he understood the experience and i thought wow like i don't know if i had joy that way you know in my life until recently you know just to be able to be in a game and not be thinking about like what are these people thinking about me or you know where am i going next or you know it was just a simple game that i could enjoy and have fun that's awesome too that you shared that like I think this is great and that that person actually had in their mind that that was great words are powerful I I know that uh, you ever read the four agreements or heard of it it's a very short tiny little read and it's amazing but one of the agreements was your words being impeccable with your words and they said to just be conscious because words are magic like it's funny if like uh, they, they had a great example like what you did was a great example of like this is great and then you put in their head that it's great but because that's your experience that it was great um, and sometimes we have bad experiences and we share those too and it's 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 almost like um, how they brought it up was to be conscious because it was like if I said oh you're taking this teacher's class and you never took it they said he's the worst now I go into this classroom with he's the worst and then I sit and I look for where he's going to be the worst and one moment he does something I don't like I'm like oh they're right he's the worst but I didn't give them a chance to go and like experience it for themselves like have their own yeah expectations are something I get really stuck on you know in particularly like with my parents you know I want them to be a certain way I want them to feel a certain way I want them to react to me in another way that maybe isn't really realistic for them you know who they are their life experience they're not going to be the parents that I want them to be they are the parents that they are and just like a lot of my issues with them are about them wanting me to be the son I'm not you know (laughs) it's the same situation and I feel like I've been having better experiences for the first time with them just because I'm going into it with the expectation that they are who they are they're not going to be who I want them to be and so stop getting disappointed you know oh my god that that actually is a freeing thing that's actually a big part of acceptance uh that I didn't really get till I did certain steps that I got to realize that like um I got to the point where I'm like this person might not ever change so 
if I accept that they might always be like that, they might get better, they might get worse. But if I can accept them today, like, no, they're like this now, the world's the oyster because there's no expectations of them changing or getting better. Because I've seen it a lot of times where people like, they get, like, you get better or I get better. And then I go off thinking, like, all right, you know, now I'm going to make an amends or whatever. And this person is going to change or be different. And then I, get sadly mistaken that I don't realize that I didn't realize or even know that they probably might not have ever changed or wanted to change and they hit me with their old behaviors and I get all like oh you know I had these expectations like you said and I get feel down yeah I totally understand I mean my sponsor always says keep your side of the street clean yes. you know and that for me is so easy to do but I need that reminder still you know like in the midst of something I want my husband to do something or say something to me and you know last night I was having a conversation with some friends and we were talking about how when there's people we've hurt you know we have to think about the amends we make or you know just trying to find some resolution with it but when we're doing that we kind of want them to then apologize to us they hurt us and it's not about that this is my recovery this is about how I get better so like that can't rest on somebody else that yes. has to be mine exactly 100% you're taking like 100% full responsibility for yourself like this is me this is my actions and you know I'm I'm feeling like I'm on a new journey myself with uh, I'm not responsible for how they feel you know like whatever they like sometimes empathy is one thing and i'm very empathetic so i'm like oh yeah i i under i i get it because uh probably for most of my experiences that most people have the same base feelings they might be expressed at different levels and just come out different ways but anger feel fear anxiety depression blah 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 right i feel like we all have these base emotions but definitely so i identify do. with when someone's sharing a story oh i just broke up with someone oh i'm going through this big i'm nervous blah blah, blah. i'm like oh I, I i i identify but um another thing is to like you know i'm not responsible for fixing that or like trying to handle their things so that's where i'm at with that but like that where you would bring it up like with this is the same thing my side of the street like um, this my side that's it I like this um, my sponsor in the other in the other program was saying would always say not my circus not my monkey you know <laughs> and I was just like I love that because in my the other fellowship they would say you know oh the the monkey's off my back but the circus is still in town so I identified mm. them with being similar but when I looked up that phrase this woman used another one that I think is I love it to death she goes that's not my bill I'm not paying for it Right, wow. like if someone's feeling something, sometimes I might overstep. Try to pay their bill, like that's their bill. Like let them go on their journey, like honor their journey. And right? Like, what, dude? Like, I yeah. Know. One of the interesting things about like my experiences being married, there's an element of like my life is entangled with my partner, and I'm changing, and a lot of the things he experienced with me or observed in me are now going to be different and how he's interpreting those changes you know like me going out and spending time with other people now is a very different thing you know now it's to be healthier to have some independence to recover and you know before it might have been me pulling back and me rejecting him or you know and so his experience of my recovery 
is something I'm navigating with him. And sometimes it's going to be a bumpy experience for him. And some of it is we're connected on a lot of the same issues. And so I hope he can change in the same ways I am, but because he's living with me, because he's experiencing what I'm experiencing. And I have to work on talking to him about it and not just, you know, going off to a meeting, doing all this growth and coming home and expecting him to catch up, you know? Yeah, of course. And they actually speak about that in certain 12-step literature where they say, like, uh, they have whole chapters dedicated to talking to the spouse of that person, saying that, like, almost like saying, like, you know, this person is changing, so if you can give them a little leadway, because I, I really honestly believe, and it's been stated that, like, the whole point of this recovery is to actually change. So, you, like, me and you, like, if we're in the recovery, like, we're in constant change, like, which is a common thing, but, like, just to be the totally different person. But, and that's not, like, a bad thing, you know, it's gonna be a great thing where we're changing for the better, and everyone around us, like, might have to well it's just to understand that you know they're gonna see for for themselves like what we what we're becoming because the whole point is to change but in a good way like it almost like give an opportunity to love now to love differently like you know it's like oh okay like you know it's almost like uh like they say new freedom new new freedom and uh new uh joy and it's gonna and it's, it's gonna be exactly that i don't think it's ever gonna be a negative like i think it's always like if you get better i think like you know everyone around you benefits yeah i believe in my energy improving will just attract better energy and people that you know love me are going to be there and want more of that and be happy that i feel better and humans are adaptable like and i always thought people addicts and addiction and other on and on and on other people's uh that are trying to sober up in different ways like you said to food gambling or codependency on and on i think that uh that definitely that 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 they'll be as resilient and adaptable as we've all been like i think we're the most adaptable too like we you know throw somebody like your first day in jail is not the same as your 50th you know by that time you you kind of get the flow of it you used to it. you kind of know oh yeah you know it's not as bad as you probably thought it was like you know or whatever like some people um, would think it is like it's just it's such an experience did did you come in did you just come in like not even expecting what sobriety was going to be like did you have any expectations or you just like I don't know I just need help <laughs> yeah I kind of just went in saying like I believe that this will work because I've seen it work for other people but let me learn about it and you know I kept an open mind and you know I walked into a park not a room the pandemic is happening and so many people came up to me and said wow like i give you credit you're doing this now like i could (laughs) never have done it and i don't know any better so like when i talk to people like you who've been in it pre-covid you know i don't know what i don't know i want to (laughs) know what am i missing or how is it different and we've been talking in the parks about like how we just go round robin we sit in a circle there's a tree there's other people it's a a very different process but in some ways like a lot of people are appreciating that more you know there's no raising your hand there's no anxiety in that way there's a different focus when there's kids playing on a playground 10 feet away you know and when everybody shares you know there are some people that know each other for years but they don't know each other's deal because they don't always share or they don't 
you know, connect in the same way where every time we go, we all have a touch point. Even if you pass, it's just like we see you, we spend time together, you know, sometimes we we go walking or running in the park, you know, we spend time before and after. It's such a nice thing to have like a new family and you know, all these people have their roles in that family. And I'm curious, what is that going to be like when we do go back inside? You know, <laughs> what is it really like in a room? Yeah. And that's going to be a new experience for you. And it'll be like an old familiar for them. But like, I never thought about it. Like you said, um, I don't know any better. This is what I'm used to. Like, I came in learning it this way. And that's like, I never really thought about that because that's really what it is like i understand i i like i want to help people now like i really am concerned with how to help people but now like it is kind of like oh no like almost codependent to be like oh no no like what's going to happen to them what's going to happen it's like their experience they're having their experience if they want to stay sober get sober they will do it any human being and anyone listening out there like you can get sober any way possible if it's if you have no human contact and you just have material to read you can get sober that way and and there is material in 12-step programs that actually tell stories of people that like didn't have mail even to stay connected they just kind of like read this and tried their best to do it that way and started working with local people around them and uh everyone it's so amazing hearing everyone's story like how they experienced it so the fact that you are getting sober during this like it's going to be a testament you know i feel in the future when we do get out of this and things go back to how they were or maybe not maybe they'll go and it'll be different but whatever that's going to be like you're going to have your story which is like i don't have that experience which is amazing like so some people that because it is like this thing so i heard a lot of people that are addicts are relapsing a lot during this right they can't totally experience that myself right? yeah in a short time yeah they can't get to they can't get to like meetings they can't like you know um you know do have the familiar the familiarity with that but like you were able to so it's like what's the difference between you and i think you know it might be it might be whatever whatever it is at that moment well everybody has to find what works for them but that's impacted by what are the options so like yeah. right now you can go to a meeting in Iceland right now, 24 hours a day. There's always going to be a meeting somewhere in the world, mm -hmm. and they can get super specific. You can get, you know, as far as language, or you can get as far as, you know, people's identities or, you know, the particular approach. You know, there's always meetings. There's even meetings that there's one that's been continuing since March 19th. It's called 319. Mm. And it's just a continuous meeting. Anytime you can log on, we could go right now, and it's there. And that changes what's available for you. You know, how much somebody in New York can access is different than what somebody in Kansas can, but now, not really, you know. And there's something to be said for that. There's a way to, like, utilize those kind of meetings to become less accountable and to go to different meetings and never be expected anywhere, but you get to absorb what you want. But then there's a value in actually like going to the same meeting all the time. So there's certain days yeah. I go to a certain Zoom and people expect me. And if I don't show up, they're going to ask, where am I? And there's others where, 
you know, I drop in because it's three o'clock and that's when I have time today and that's it, you know. Yeah, 100%. I feel that I heard a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, to be honest, like they just, when I go to the in-person, they always share that like, they don't like Zoom, they hate it, whatever. And I'm like, you know, I, I personally, my opinion is I really like Zoom. I like it. I really, there's very little things I don't like. I mean, you know, I try them out and I really just try to enjoy whatever I'm doing for what I'm doing. Like, you know, a new game, like you said, or like whatever. But I really enjoy the Zoom because, like, I've got to make California meetings. Or, like you said, I can go to Iceland today. I could be, I could go here and there. Like, whatever, I guess, your higher power of your understanding needs you to be. That's the beautiful part about it. Maybe you need to be in Iceland today at three o'clock who knows you know like that's the beautiful part about it where like life is open where we don't even know and then we have a beautiful experience that we never would have had and like you said for me like when we stopped i had a guess what i had to look at myself now and i joined a, a program a new program 12 step that is about all looking at yourself your emotions your feelings your past and if it wasn't for zoom meetings and they met and they started to have it almost every day then um, if I didn't have them with the literature, I actually started to sit and journal for the first time and sit and write letters. I wrote letters to God. I wrote letters to my exes. I wrote letters to people. Just you know, I never sent them, but they were just like, you know, I, I, I kept these letters to myself. Everything I wanted to say to the person, I wrote in a letter. And like, uh, yeah, if I was working, if COVID didn't, if I didn't experience this pandemic, I don't think I've ever would have gotten to that. Like that I've, I've thrived in this pandemic because... I wanted it. I wanted to do what happened. So, like, um, I would say, you know, a little bit of it is like the discipline. I'm gonna do it whether I want to or not. You know, if you know, if we don't like these things, that's one thing. If I really need it, I mean, I don't really. I like how I feel after I accomplish the workout, but sometimes during the workout, it really hurts, and I don't like it. You know, but I do it. You know, and the same thing with zooms. Like, you know, you don't have to like it, but will it benefit me? You know, is it gonna really make me better? Right. I never went to a meeting and said, "Oh, geez, I'm glad." Man, I wish I would have missed that. Or whatever. Like, I got something out of everything. You know, every reading, every meeting. Right. I mean, a workout feels good, just like recovery can feel good. But yeah, it'd be lovely if I didn't have to go to the gym and I could look awesome and you know be muscly and not need it. But I need it. And that's how I kind of conceptualize, like, sometimes I'm really grateful that I get to do this meeting and that I have people in my life that will listen to me and that can share with me openly. I mean, it's like we're a family and you're my cousin I haven't met because we speak the same language. We have a lot of good uh, things in common and we can support each other, even though we really don't know each other, you know. And that's super cool, you know, and the <laughs> fact that... Uh, somebody set that up some some force in the universe set that up for us that we would meet that we would connect and that that's a bigger piece of where we're going and how we contribute to the bigger world you know that something brought people in my life you know these specific people you know i have like this little sober family mm -hmm. and i'm grateful for it and they are the people that are right for me like it's it's people who struggle with some of the same things I struggle with that enjoy some of the same things. And, you know, I never went running. And before I got sober, that was a chore. That was a totally different place in my head. And now I'm thinking like, wow, like I can run further than I ever thought. 
that <laughs> I'm okay stopping when I need to stop and letting them go and not feeling abandoned or feeling, you know, like I remember one time I stopped running, my running partners kept running, and then eventually they turned around and swung back and got me and said, you can keep going, and I did, and I wouldn't have even tried. So those people are in my life to you know inspire me and keep me going and like help me i have these really spiritual experiences when i'm running with them you know and that's a metaphor for my recovery my life you know is that i can do more but i kind of need somebody to do it with me and i need somebody to support me and push me when i won't push myself and make me believe that i can do things that i didn't think i could do i think i think like um when you said that part I got a little emotional, like when you said, um, like I I stopped and they came back for me, and they said you can run more, and you said I found out that I could, and that to me, like you said, just summed up all the re- what recovery was. The people coming back for me, stopping, coming back for me, and saying no, you can do it, and then you finding out I can. That's a beautiful thing. I think that, you know always hold on and, and, and remember that that's what recovery is for you that they that people come back and then now when we're running we see the person back there and we can run back and say hey you know you can do it and then it's up to them to discover for themselves whether they can or can't but we know that they can and that's really what it, it goes down to that's beautiful that really is a beautiful thing um, for people that are new do you think, uh, do you have like a regimen, like a daily thing? Like, like, what do you think you would say? Like, how is your day? Like, do you exercise? Like, you talked about the gym, so I don't know if you exercise, if you read, or what do you do? Like, you know, what is your sober regimen? So, being in the pandemic, the gyms are closed, so <clears throat> yes. that was really a challenge for me. Um, maybe something that contributed to me slowing down and being able to figure out I needed to change my life. Um, so, now I wake up and I have text messages with readings from my Mm. sponsor from my friends you know it's instant fellowship the moment i wake up i'm not alone i have people in my life who you know care enough to discuss these things right away if i want to um and if they need it they're there i sort of bookend my day and i'm learning to not just start my day with my meditation or my readings or my prayer i I sprinkle it throughout my day as I need it, and I'm experimenting with that. Some days, you know, I need to take a break in the middle of the day. I'm working from home, and so, you know, sometimes I can powerhouse and not feel anything all day because <laughs> I'm just going, going, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great to like stop, even if it's like two minutes, and just be still and be silent and connect with my higher power. Um, to take care of my dog to like, you know. <laughs> be there as a person and be present throughout my day that's something new for me and it feels great and then i always know that there's a meeting coming but it always tends to happen right at the right time i get to talk to the people that i love in my life that you know i know love me and it's a new experience for me to believe that and i'm still in awe of the fact that people have time to have discussions like this or you know just listen it's amazing and you know somebody told me uh it's the save your own ass club you know the (laughs) reason they're doing it is to save their own ass and it's helping them and 
that's still something I'm trying to fully understand, you know, because I know how it feels to help someone, but I do it like all other things to an extreme. Like I, the person who took me to my first meeting, I got into recovery because I could see what was going on with them, but I was totally fine. It wasn't my problem, (laughs) you know? And, you know, that's important for me to know that like I can get into other people's stories and get them help and analyze them and and I'm pretty good at it but then I need to balance that with also looking at myself and being able to you know and I struggle with that also with you know taking that accountability like sometimes I want to own things that are not mine sometimes I want to just focus on someone else and not acknowledge my part in it so you know that's the dance I'm doing yeah that's so awesome that's you said it perfectly is the balance I think that that's when we wake up in the morning it's like all right you know you and you talked about your higher power so much in this and how like you spoke about how much you rely on a higher power and I believe that with the higher power I can help have that balance because it's like all right I need you I need you right I need you you can you can take the stuff that away from me that I can't and then I have my job which is there's stuff I can take care of so what that's the ba- that's the dance that's the balance like you said what i like is the phrase that you said which actually when you think about it you said someone told you that this is the save your own ass club so like the whole we got to wrap it up now but like the whole thing really from this whole uh just speaking with you on the podcast i feel like everything you said was about community and the reason why 115 days you sound the way you sound is not you're saving your own ass through a club through a bunch of individuals that are there to save their own ass but you you just really wrap community for me that's what i got from this is that it's all about community but i'm saving my own ass like through this community of other people that are saving their own ass and then me and you get to talk and we all get to talk with each other about what works for us and what doesn't you know and i get to share with you what worked for me and then you got to share what like these things that are like the beautiful things that I'm going to take with that and believe you me like I will be at a meeting later on and say like yo I heard this guy say you know that um he was running and that you know people saw that they came back for him and said this thing you know and then I'm going to say that because it's so beautiful but that's how it works right that we get we need each other we need each other to save ourselves and we inadvertently actually just end up helping and saving other people as well you know, completely yeah i totally enjoy and need a community of people that i trust that i i can look at people that are relapsing i can look at people who are you know supporting me in the most specific ways and i can see an appreciation for that and i appreciate you for having this because something like this can really help people and you know i hope people are listening and you know even if they get one grain or one nugget of something, you know, then that really helps them. Or even just sometimes it's knowing that this is sitting in their queue and it's there when they need it, if they need it. I know, I know this helped me. And, um, and you're right. This is the, we're sober community. This is us. This is the people listening. They're going to listen to you. They're going to take a lot like I did. And even, like I said, I took something that I'm going to share with other people. I'm telling you that little story anecdote right there and the sober ass club, I'm going to say it. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it without giving your name out, right? Just to keep you safe. But um, I want to have Jamie come back. Maybe you and Jamie might want to come back and speak together. Who knows? Like, yeah, if you that'd come be awesome. Back, it'd be cool if you come back. 
Yeah, All just right. for everyone to know, you know, Jamie and I grew up together, so that's something that we could definitely explore. And talk about that. Um, so at 115 days, you're sober and everything. Just to wrap it up, is there anything you want to tell someone that's just coming in, that's new, that's thinking about sobriety? Anything you want to end off saying to them? Have an open heart, have an open mind, and stay open. Keep coming back. Give it a try and know it's always there for you, that there are people who love you, and you may not even know those people yet. Awesome. That's Mark, everybody. I'm your host, John, and uh, tune in next time, and we'll have some more sober talk, all right? Thanks. Love you guys.